listening to Closer Look. In 2004, Phil Zilke was diagnosed with stage 4B Hawkins lymphoma. Today, Phil is free of cancer and here to tell us his story and how he used adversity to make a difference in so many lives. This is Closer Look. I'm Tanya Bohannon, and President and Founder Phil Zilke of Phil's Friends is my guest tonight. Tell us about your journey. Uh, When I was 22 years old, doctors had determined that I was in the most advanced stage for nine months uh, before they even found it. I had lost 40 pounds. I had night sweats every night when I'd go to sleep. I had fevers, I had no appetite, I was very pale, and uh, I really thought I was going to pass away before they even figured it out. What goes through your mind when you're diagnosed with something like that? Everything that you have planned on your calendar that's really looking forward to, all of a sudden isn't there anymore. And so you realize really quickly what's important in life. And if you don't have health, uh, you can't have life and you can't go on living the way that God wants you to. Well, upon my diagnosis, um, they ended up taking a lymph node from my neck and realized that, yes, it was cancer. And the reason that I'd felt like I was dying for such a long time is because how advanced the cancer was. And uh, the diagnosis came on my two-year dating anniversary to my girlfriend, Carrie. And it was difficult to share the news with her, to share the news with my mom and my dad and uh, my younger siblings. But then through that, I started seeing, you know, God's plan, you know, right away. Um, And it was almost like God a menu out in front of me and everything was going to unroll and I was going to be able to see it as I went uh, down this journey. I had a doctor call me uh, who specialized in what I did. He actually even wrote research uh, for the government, traveled around the world and spoke on the subject and said, hey, we heard about your story from a friend of yours. You know, you're a case. I know that's that's going to be studied. And he said, sure enough, I want to confirm for you it is cancer. And he said, come in tomorrow. Don't need an appointment. Just pack a bag. And I remember hanging up the phone, walking out of the room, facing my family, and just absolutely losing it. I was absolutely devastated. What is the first thing that you do once you get that news? First thing, I think I just dropped down to my knees and uh, in the couch in the living room where my family was, and I just sobbed uncontrollably uh, like a little kid. Probably lasted for about 20, 30 minutes. Eventually I was so exhausted, but it was so good for me because I had to get all that emotion out that I'd been carrying for such a long time. And then I had to start thinking about uh, the next steps. And one was, okay, I knew my, my journey's gonna change. Uh, As a 22-year-old kid, I'm not going to go and teach fourth grade anymore, which I was student teaching in a fourth grade classroom on my diagnosis. So I had to come up with a plan of action. You know, who do I tell? Who needs to hear it from me? And who can hear it from my family? And sometimes that's even harder, you know, when you have to tell your loved ones what's going on with you and you're not sure if you're going to make it, you know, past these next couple weeks. Now, fortunately, you said you had a faith ahead of time, right? I did, yes. And I, I believe that Jesus had died for me. And I knew that no matter what happened as I played the clock forward, that I was going to end up in this perfect place one day. But still, it's the reality of grappling with all the plans and dreams uh, that you had for your life that may not no longer be there. And I think a lot of times when people think about cancer, they think of the physical effects. But for me, um, it was kind of a complete remakeover, I think, that I was about to walk into. It's not just the physical things that are so challenging, but it's the emotional and the spiritual that I think are even much more challenging. Well, I know at the very beginning, you weren't thinking about an organization called Phil's Friends. That had to be a process. So let's talk a little bit about that. How did you get to the place where you began to create this organization? Um, So I went through six months of chemotherapy. Doctors said I was cancer-free. I ended up getting engaged to my girlfriend, Carrie. We were three months away from our wedding, and um, I had walked back into the the classroom to teach these 9- and 10-year-olds. Well, in April of the next year, about a year after my first diagnosis, I had the pains in my hips again, and that's where the cancer was attached to the bones, and uh, ran some tests and eventually figured out the cancer most likely had never gone away. Uh, It was so suppressed from all the chemotherapy that I'd had. And uh, so this time I went back into the hospital. I went through a lot of anger. Um, I remember the first three days of treatment this time was, it was so challenging for me because I was trying to do things on my own again. 
until I finally released the situation to God and then realized he wants you to face cancer, anything difficult in your life with all the fruits of the spirit. And so I went through that next year doing chemotherapy, a stem cell transplant where they took my own stem cells and then followed up with radiation. But really the whole birthing place for Phil's friends began. I kept a journal. I kept a journal of what everybody did for me. And a group of people, a couple weeks after I was diagnosed, put a care package together for me. They all said they were thinking about me and they were praying for me. And it caused me to break down, you know, as a 22-year-old kid, just to know, one, that I was being prayed for. Two, I wasn't alone. And I think the third thing was that it was okay to accept other people's help. And then when I was well enough to be at home, I had these individuals sent me cards in the mail. And so in an often empty house, you know, I'd, I'd have my watch on and I'd check to see when it would be one o'clock. And uh, that's when the mailman came. And so that's what I look forward to is going down those stairs, you know, putting my hand on the wall. Once I got to the bottom of the stairs, I'd catch my breath, make my way, you know, through our living room out to the front door, put my hand on that, that knob and turn the deadbolt. And I'd walk out on the front porch and put my hand in the mailbox. And every single week, uh, there was an encouraging letter there for me. And so even though I was worn out to go the journey down the stairs, I was you know, built up with a little bit more energy to go up the stairs because I wanted to see what was inside that card. And so I'd sit down on the couch and I'd open it up and I'd see that someone was praying for me. There'd be a Bible verse, uh, there'd be a joke. And uh, that is how I continually got the consistent messages of hope that I needed uh, during this journey. So it was the journal, what, I, what people did for me. And then the real calling came during my stem cell transplant when I hit my breaking point. You know, I was pretty much a couple days away from death if they don't give you those uh, stem cells back in your system and then they rejuvenate and take over. But that's where I said, all right, God, um, I believe you died for me. Um, I want to go to heaven and I want to go now because I'm sick of being in all this pain. But if it's not your will, if it's not your plan for me, I promise to stay positive and keep on fighting. And through that, I realized it wasn't my time. So I'd take my IV pole uh, behind me and I'd get out in the hallway and I'd set these little bite-sized goals. And so I'd look down at the next doorway. And so I'd get down to the next doorway and I'd look in the, the rooms and what I saw absolutely devastated me more than cancer itself. I saw kids uh, who had enough tubing to connect all the way down the hallway. I saw adults who were flying from across the country to go to this hospital uh, with no one there. I knew then right there that God was calling me to support people in the same ways that I had been supported by people loving me. Phil Zilke is my guest tonight. He's the president and founder of the organization called Phil's Friends. I, as you were speaking, I just kept thinking about those cards and letters. Did you receive those cards and letters from just your local community or did they come from all over? It actually came from a couple individuals. Um, people had thought about me and I think a lot of times when people go through cancer, people are there for you. But when cancer goes on for a year, for two years, a couple people who sent them consistently. One was a third grade uh, girl. My mom was a third grade teacher. So she'd come home with this artwork once a week. The other one was a lady named Judy, who I had never met before. And so it was so intriguing and so powerful for me to know that I was being prayed for from people that I didn't even know. You know, later on, I was able to um, meet Judy. And that was a year after Phil's friends began. And she came into our office and said, hey, I heard, you know, there's volunteer opportunities. And uh, we both embraced and cried. And I said, I want to let you know that the reason that we send cards to thousands um, of people today is because you sent cards to me. And then later on, she was diagnosed with breast cancer a year after that. And we had the opportunity to support her through care packages, through cards and through prayer. That just uh, gives me chills. And you think about it, just paying it forward. And it just is one big circle, I think, right? I believe it is. I believe, you know, God put us on this uh, earth to love. And that's why he says his two greatest commandments are the love of the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul and all your strength and to love your neighbor as yourself. 
So if there's nothing like this available in the community that I live in and I want to help make a difference like that, where do I begin? How do I get started? I was listening to a podcast from Rick Warren recently and it talked about the three different elements of, you know, being a, a believer. And one of them is basically to listen. And so that's what I did on my hospital bed. You know, I listened. Okay, God, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to reach out in love? The listening component. And then the second one is to be able to put it in action. And that's getting Phil's friends going to support people nationally um, through the care packages, through the cards, and through the hospital visits. And the third piece is to be able to give it away. And I think that's what I'm here to talk about today is what it looks like in your local community. And so what we look at um, at Phil's friends, it's our job to teach, uh, to educate, and to basically train people so they can support others in their local community. We look at the hospital as the mission field. And then we look at the church as where we can get the missionaries from, um, essentially God's people. What you can do you know, practically is be able to connect with our organization uh, at philsfriends.org. And we have someone who can kind of walk through this process with you. And we believe within 90 days that if God is calling a person, we can connect with them, we can train them up, we can do what's called a hope packing party, where all the supplies for the packages can be put together on site, and then you'll have the inventory for it, and then we'll help you navigate that local hospital. The first step is just God calling a person, and maybe it's someone who's listening today. God might be calling you. And actually, there's a lady named Abby that I'd love to bring up, and she was uh, driving down the highway one day, and she had heard me telling my story on the radio. She said for the very first time, it was as if God tapped her on the shoulder and said, Abby, this is it. And Abby was a breast cancer survivor, and now she's fully engaged in the organization. And she actually went through and we walked with her of how to navigate in the hospital uh, locally where she was, where she was treated. And so I think that's the picture of God and the picture of grace um, is really, you know, how God uses us, how God supports us in difficult times and then uses us uh, to support people in similar circumstances. Often we all think somebody else has that covered. Someone's doing that already. Or uh, we think, you know, the needs out there, it's so great. There's nothing that we can do. But the reality is if God is calling you to something, and I think I'm proof of that, you know, God calling someone who is a, a school teacher, I had no idea how to start an organization. I learned that the, the ground is so much more solid when you walk out and um, you just walk by faith. So how do we contact you again? Uh, the best way to do it is on our website. You can go to philsfriends.org, which is P-H-I-L-S-F-R-I-E-N-D-S dot O-R-G. Or you can call us at our offices, which is 224-653-8671. So to get started with something like that, I, I would imagine it takes a lot of supplies. To get everything and with all the supplies going, it's about a $1,500 cost. Um, but then you'll have the packages, you know, ready to go. And then we'll provide you with the plan to be able to educate and teach you how to do this and implement it. So it's not just the supplies, but it's also the teaching that comes along with it so that we can equip you uh, to reach out where you are. And I think the odds are pretty high. A lot of people like to jump in on something like that. I think you're 100% correct on that. Um, we've seen this mission grow from supporting a little girl named Jenna, who was four years old, who had brain cancer. And um, I used to sit next to her during treatment. And so we gave the first care package to her. And uh, Jenna's family is just one story. So Jenna had cancer, brain cancer. She got better. Then she got brain cancer again. She's a two-time survivor. And then this family decided to adopt a little girl from China because brain cancer ran in their family. So they adopted little Abby, brought her back, and then found out she had a problem with her eye. Took her to the doctor and turned out it was cancer that was in her eye. Went through that. Now Abby's a two-time cancer survivor as well. And so if we look at um, the impact, um, I think that you know God wants to use other people in similar ways. If you've just joined us, I'm Tanya Bohannon, and this is Closer Look. 
Phil's Brands is an organization that is making a difference across the country by providing hope through cards and letters and care packages to those who are dealing with illness. When we talk about care packages, tell us a little bit about what is inside. During the two years of spending time in my hospital bed in quiet, you learn what's important. So there's a blanket uh, that goes inside. And oftentimes, um, blankets are made uh, from people that get together. So there's blankets that in there to keep you warm, you know, whether you're at home or whether you're in the hospital. There's special uh, biotin mouthwash because sometimes you get mouth sores when you're going through it. There's lotion uh, that's non-scented. Uh, we have a Bible. Uh, we also have a journal, which I kept a journal the entire time when I was sick. It's very important. Um, there's different things like playing cards and Sudoku books, uh, word search puzzles to pass time. And so it's about $50 worth of items that end up going in a care package. Uh, and then it shows up free of charge for the person that you're going up and, you know, loving on. Um, and then that starts the process. Once the care package is out, then the cards start coming consistently. If I were a listener and I know somebody who is dealing with this illness, is there a way to find out if you are in that area so they could receive a care package? Yes. Uh, you know, everyone knows someone who's affected by cancer today. According to American Cancer Society, uh, 1,500 Americans lose their lives every single day from the disease. And so if you know someone who's going through cancer, I'd encourage you not to wait. Uh, go ahead and put in that care package request on our website, philsfriends.org. Or again, you can call us at 224 653-8671. And if that person has already received support and hope from our organization, we make sure we look through our database and we'd let you know that they're already receiving support from us. Otherwise, uh, we're happy to be able to reach out and love them as well. So anybody can get involved, Phil? Anyone. What I think is another powerful uh, piece of this ministry, it's, it's not just for supporting people who are going through cancer. But I think it's equally important for us to put our faith into action. And so that's why we have such a heavy emphasis on training volunteers and doing um, working with people of all ages. We have three-year-olds who make cards. We have 100-year-olds who make cards. You know, we have retired people who go out and, and visit, uh, you know, cancer patients in hospitals. And then we have people who are working in the corporate world who say, you know, I'm excited, you know, about getting this mission out. I've been affected by cancer some way, so I'm going to go out and talk to my company. And I can make sure I can get blankets, you know, donated for that year. Or um, I'm going to volunteer with my kids and come into one of our hope centers and basically pack the care packages and make cards. So if I'm not able to start something like this in my own community, but I want to help you do what you do, um, what are your some of your greatest needs at this time? I'd say number one is prayer. It's always prayer. You know, God has brought me through this. I've seen God work miracles, uh, literally physical miracles with people in life with cancer by using through this organization. So prayer would be number one. Number two would be financially. Um, again, it costs about $50 to put a care package together, but even bigger than that, for us to get an organization of, like ours supported in a certain community, it's about $5,000 for us to be able to do that. Uh, so we can really kind of get people trained up and start a, a whole new chapter. Then the third thing is volunteering. We are sending out right now as of this interview, I'm sure it'll be changed by the time this <laughs> runs, it'll be up to nearly 20,000 cards that oh, go out. Oh, goodness. And so for us to do that, we need people that are going to work on those in their homes, uh, in their Sunday school classes, um, in their churches, uh, in their Bible study groups. Um, you know, Jesus is, his relationship with us is very personal. And so we want to be able to do the same thing and be personal with other people. Well, it's wonderful that you used uh, something so hard that you had to go through and turned it around for God's glory and to encourage others. That's what it's all about, right? That is what it's all about. <laughs> and I think um, no matter what you've been through, even if it isn't cancer at a whole nother level, if you've been through something difficult in your life, I would encourage you to 
uh, just go forward and maybe have some self-reflection, process that, you know, with a group of people and see what is God trying to tell you through that? You know, are there people he's already strategically placed in your life that want to help you, you know, get healing um, from things in the past? Or is he already strategically placed people in your life where he wants you to do outreach with them? And it could be as simple, again, it doesn't have to be starting a ministry. It could be as simple as mowing the lawn for a neighbor, you know, who's gone. There's a lot of people who need help. And I think when we're in times of crisis, we're so thankful and we can see God show up in such profound ways in our lives when people love us through difficult times. I think you'd be surprised if you take time reflecting, you'd see that God has already given you opportunity uh, to walk forward and to be able to, to love others. So Phil, how are you today? Where are you at with your cancer story? So I am now 12 years cancer-free. I couldn't be more happy to get up in the morning uh, just to be able to be on my two feet, to be able to walk again, to be able to, to eat, uh, to be able to spend time with family, and to have a mission and calling on my life to reach out to people uh, who, have, who are walking through difficult journeys. So I'm doing great. Um, I ended up marrying my girlfriend, Carrie, who is then my fiance, and uh, our wedding was pushed back uh, for a number of months. But when we really took those vows in front of God, you know, together in sickness and health, and all of that, you could really kind of feel it, you know, through your entire, your entire self. And then we ended, God blessed us with kids. Um, so I have two sons, uh, Graham and Hudson, they're five and three. And so many people, you know, doctors and everybody said, you're never going to be able to do this. And uh, I'm just blown away, you know, at the end of every day when I reflect on all the things that he's doing. To go from stage four to where you are now, who would have thought, huh? No, I don't think many people would have, uh -huh. but obviously, you know, God knew the plan. <laughs> That's right. Is there anything else you want to be sure to say to the listeners? Yeah, I think, um, one, again, it's the vision. If God is tapping you on the shoulder while you're listening to this, don't hesitate. You know, call into our office uh, at 224-653-8671 or go to our website, philsfriends.org, um, because you never know what God has waiting for you. I would have missed out on so much just if I wouldn't have followed what God wanted wanted for me. And so I'm getting a little choked up here as I say this, but um, just know that God wants to use you. You're here. He has a purpose, a plan for your life. He wants to use you today. And so it's, if it's in the ministry, Phil's friends, please get involved. If it's elsewhere, please get involved in that because it's equally important. If you would like to get involved or find out more information about the organization Phil's Friends, you can find them at philsfriends.org. For a closer look, I'm Tanya Bohannon.